From the latest community news to informative, entertaining reads for travelers and the cannabis curious, just visit your local Black Press Media community newspaper website to sign up today. This is the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl Show. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. Sponsored in part by The Landing Pub and Grill in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and by the West Coast Auto Group. Now from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. Welcome to the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58, Chiefs and the 49ers. It's the Moj bringing you some great content. We want to welcome everybody aboard listening on Sportsnet 650, AM 1150 in Kelowna, and eventually CFAX 1070 in Victoria. Of course, you can catch all of this at MojonSports.com and, of course, YouTube, MojonSports.com as well. All the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok platforms at The Real Moj. And, man, do we have a show for you today. Again, we are having so much fun here. Hour number two, folks, we got Lorenzo Neal stopping by. Of course, a Pro Bowl fullback, 16 years in the league. He covers the 49ers now for 95.7, the game in the Bay Area, as long as CSN Bay Area is a TV analyst for those guys. Thomas Dimitrov, former Atlanta Falcons GM. Of course, a Canadian went to school at Guelph. His dad coached in Ottawa, so he'll join us. He's with Sumer Sports right now, and they talk about the analytics of the game. Speaking of the analytics of the game, in the first hour, Matt Collar is going to stop by. He's written a book called Football is a Numbers Game, Pro Football Focus and How Data-Driven Approach Shook Up the Sports. We'll talk to him about analytics. Also in hour number two, Alex Singleton, former Stampeder, current linebacker with the Denver Broncos. He is promoting Special Olympics. Look forward to talking with him. Chris Sims from NBC Sports in a couple of minutes. He'll break down the Super Bowl for us. Always fun talking to Chris. But coming up next, it's JT the Brick, the one and only from Sirius Sports Radio and, of course, uh, also with the Raider Nation Radio Network. But before we get to the break, i got to tell you a big thank you to all of our sponsors, our title sponsor, Northwest Tank Lines, ableauctions.ca, the Landing and Speeds Pub out in Ladner, Wayback Brew Co., Delaney's OK Tire, and the West Coast Auto Group. Quick break on the other side. The Brick talks Vegas. He's going to set me straight, apparently. And we talk Super Bowl. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. 
Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the Landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the Landing in Ladner. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Presented in part by Speeds Pub in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas set of Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, all of our shows presented by the good folks at Northwest Tank Lines. It's our 23rd year here, and I think for 21 of them, we've had their, uh, this next gentleman on our show, JT the Brick in the house, leader wow. of Raider Nation, leader of the people of Las Vegas, and I'm sure he's going to set me straight about my anti-Vegas attitude that yeah. started on Sunday night. Yeah, let's get this out of the way. First of all, that's on you because we've been friends a long time. And you shouldn't have went to any overpriced casino restaurant without an unlimited budget. And you should have ran your choices by me. And I wouldn't have let you make that mistake because where you actually went was kind of one of the worst mistakes I've heard. That's more than amateur hours, not only price, service, and all that. So we have great one of the things about I, I love living in Vegas, way before it became the sports town it is, was always the entertainment, but the restaurants are incredible up and down the strip and the local ones. So, Moj, next time, oh, no, give me no, a heads up. For sure. I'm, I'm going to be coming back in the spring. You know, Good. it's going to be a vacation in the spring, and I'll definitely hit you up on where to go. Uh, well, how about my breaking news? Coming to Vancouver for the Stones. Yes. First time ever, all the invites you've given me, I apologize to Vancouver. My wife and I are coming for the Rolling Stones. We met at a Stones concert. Almost coming up, the anniversary of us meeting is right around the corner. And 25 plus years later, every year they're on tour. They're not on tour every year because of their age. When they come on tour, we go to an international city. We saw them in Liverpool. And now we're going to Vancouver. First time, and I'm counting on you guys to show me oh, the way. We will show you the way in Vancouver. I've got two days already kind of booked aside where I'm going to be your personal Good. tour guide. Perfect. And show you around. Perfect. Hey, um, we've got a lot to get into. Of course, um, the Raiders, the team that you follow mm-hmm. closely. I just had a walk and talk with Antonio Pierce, the new head coach. Mm-hmm. Well, interim now, of course, the right. head coach of the Raiders full time, I guess, the permanent coach. And Probably about four or five questions Mm -hmm. as we walked from one venue. He was walking from one venue to another. In my first opportunity to talk to him, JT, no-nonsense type of guy. No. Right? He's just, he's to the point, and this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, he's straight out of Compton. He's from Compton, California. Grew up a Raider fan, and he auditioned for the job mode as interim coach 
after he came out of the interim status. This is the first time. I'm the only guy that interviews him in town every week on the coach's show. And every time, funny little nugget, I introduced him, I would call him coach because it was a way to not say interim. I didn't want to disrespect him and say interim because the team wanted me to say interim because that's the title. And I just say we welcome in coach Antonio Pierce. And this is the first time I interviewed him today where I could call him the head coach and really give him a pat on the back. He won the audition. This is another example of auditioning. And the way he won it is he got everybody to buy in, all the players to buy into his history as a Raider fan to give a little bit more after Josh McDaniels got fired where the team could have went in the tank, in the tank, and probably got a really good draft pick, like a top five draft pick, and they played their ass off right after that winning five games for him and some really big ones, including at Kansas City. You know, it's interesting you talk about that because as soon as you said that, I thought about what happened. And, you know, we're talking about different sports, but there's a lot of parallels mm-hmm. here. Vancouver last year, Rick Tockett comes in, and people are saying this team should tank. They should try to get Connor Bedard, the phenom out of North Vancouver. Tank. Rick Tockett comes in, and there's a couple things that happen. Number one, he kind of finds out who he can go to war with and who he can't. And I think the other thing, too, is Rick Tockett, had his opportunity to evaluate and at the same time start to implement implement the system that he wants played and the belief, the culture that he wants. And the big thing that you hear from these guys is earning the day. That's their motto. Yeah. And that is the fact that each day you come to work, you don't think about yesterday, you don't think about tomorrow, earn the day. Do what you got to do today. And that's how that culture shifted. And it's something that I kind of threw out there with Antonio Pierce and he wholeheartedly agreed. Look, it's, it's important. I, you know, covering sports as long as we've have, I've never seen teams tank. I've never seen professional athletes. I've seen fan bases do it. Yep. But I've never seen professional athletes go into a game, one game or a stretch of games, wanting to lose on purpose. They're all playing for pride, their futures. They're putting their talent on film if they go to another job. So for the Raiders, he was the perfect guy at the right time. Remember, he was the linebacker coach. We had a defensive coordinator yeah. who could have got the job, a guy named Patrick Graham, who interviewed for the Seahawks gig. And Patrick Graham was very humble because a guy underneath him as a linebacker coach got the interim job over him and now become the head coach. And now the Raider defense is really strong. Question is, they should make the announcement, and the announcement's coming up on Luke Getze, who's going to be the – he was the Bears' offensive coordinator. He's not the first choice. The Raiders wanted Cliff Kingsbury. The contract didn't come together. So the Raiders got to decide what they're going to do going forward with the likes of, you know, some of the players of, you know, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is a big-time player overall. You look at some of these guys, how are they going to fit in with the new offensive coordinator? But with the defense overall, the defense is in a really good spot, and Antonio Pierce is de facto leader of the organization and the team. The one thing that tells me about the level of respect that Antonio Pierce has is that the Raiders are comfortable with him moving forward, and I say that, JT, as you know as well as I do. One of the toughest transitions you can make as a coach is being an assistant on a team or a coordinator and then becoming the head coach mm-hmm. because you have a certain relationship with players when you're a position coach or a coordinator that totally changes in terms of you're the guy now that makes yeah. those difficult decisions mm-hmm. but you know what they always say be true to yourself right mm-hmm. and be who you are and that, i think you're going to get that with antonio Pierce. i hope we do moj because this is my 25th year with the team and other than the first four or five years i haven't won so as with you with the lions and with the canucks and all the other teams you follow when you're with the team as long and you're embedded with the team and you want to win, 
and you don't win and you come close. And first four years I had with the Raiders starting in 98, we went to two AFC championship games and a Super Bowl. I thought that was going to be every year. And now they move from Oakland to Vegas. And Vegas, they made the playoffs one year with Rich Basaccia. Last year they lost out by one game because they made the push late in the season. I'm telling you, I invested a lot of time and passion with this organization. I want them to win. And I think they're on the right path now. They got a coach who knows he's not going to keep his job if he doesn't win. So I think he's going to push the players harder. The players uh, are all in his camp. Now they got to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. And the problem with all the winning that the Raiders did with Antonio Pierce is their draft status, status dropped from 7 to 9 to 12, now 13. So with the upcoming draft here, you can't get Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, unless you're in a situation where you're trading up. And in order to trade up, these are guys that, at least I believe, Caleb Williams is going to require three first-round picks. And to move up to get the other two guys, it's going to be two first-round picks. We've got a new GM and a new head coach. They might not want to do that. Not that they're going to stay with Aiden O'Connell, but they might want to wait for Bo Nix who you know from Oregon, or Michael Penix from Washington. I think both of those quarterbacks should be available at 13, and maybe one of those two guys could lead the Raiders to greatness. The legendary JT the Brick is our guest. You can hear him on Raider Radio Network and, of course, uh, Sirius Mad Dog Unleashed. Um, man, um, let's talk about this game because I look at this. If you're a Raider fan, it's a no-win situation. It's either the Chiefs win in the Super Bowl or the 49ers win in the Super Bowl. Um, I just look at this game, JT, and I keep just I just keep going back to Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's I made the mistake of picking Baltimore over San Fran, and I look back at it now, and I'm like, why? Why did I bet against Patrick Mahomes? I don't think I'm going to make the same mistake this time around. You're getting points with Mahomes. As of now, I just talked recently to Jeff Sherman, who runs the Westgate. He's the VP of Risk Management, and he's the only sports book, and that's the biggest one. The Westgate is the biggest. Circle looks the biggest, but the Westgate is the one where the sharp lines are made. And all those sports books are good in town, but he's the only guy who has it at two and a half. Everyone else has it at two. That could change on game day. I asked him why. He says, well, they have liability. You know how a casino works. you gotta, you got to frame up both sides evenly. Yeah. And they have some big, sharp money that have come in early in the week on the 49ers. And now they have to adjust the line and go to two and a half. And if more sharp money comes in on the Niners, it'll go to three. But I think the game's going to go off anywhere from two to two and a half. The Niners, I think, are the better team. But I don't gamble, but if I did, how do you not sprinkle some money on Patrick Mahomes? How do you not sprinkle 100 bucks? Say you bet 1000 a game. How do you not bet 100 on Mahomes on the money line to just win the game outright because he's going up against Brock Purdy? So the Niner fans move the needle. I think they have more money. It's Silicon Valley. There's going to be more bets. There's going to be more of the public on the 49ers. I think the Niners win and cover the spread. I'm on the Niners really? this time. Yeah, I think the Niners have the better team. They have more pro bowlers. I think Kyle Shanahan remembers what happened in the last loss. They're going to play more aggressive. I like Kittle. I like McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk, Purdy. I didn't like Purdy for most of his run. Now I, what, what choice do we have other than to like Purdy? Every time I turn on a Purdy game, he's winning, and he's making some good throws. But the Niners haven't played well in the playoffs. They should have got beat by Green Bay. They were trounced by Detroit. How great would it have been if Detroit was here? Mm. Okay, down 24-7. Kansas City's played well, man. They beat Lamar Jackson. They beat the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. They beat the Miami Dolphins. I think they look really good. But I'll go, I'll go Niners 
24 in hopefully a classic Super Bowl. All right, last one. If Mahomes does win this game, is he in the Mount Rushmore now with the likes of yeah, yeah, great Brady, question. Yeah, Montana? I think so, yeah. Now? I think so because as we both are friends with Joe over the years, and I'm never going to m- remove Joe from a Mount Rushmore because what Joe did in his time period, yep. no one could take away. If Joe was playing now, Joe would be in an easier league, easier rules, and with his body, and we know Joe could throw a few back and have fun, Joe would have been conditioned to play to 40. Yeah. He would have been conditioned to play to 42. It's a different animal. It's a different animal. So I think that you cannot touch Joe and Brady from Mount Rushmore. And if I look at adding Mahomes in, that's pretty good. And he's got a lot of work. It's like adding Steph Curry in to the Mount Rushmore when you know he's got six years left. You can add him in because he's Steph Curry now and he's still playing. But if the final Mount Rushmore is this, the final one, it's Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes, and who? Because there's only four of our U.S. presidents on Mount Rushmore. A lot of people say five. No, Donald Trump did not put himself in Barack Obama. (laughs) Barack Obama did not put themselves on Mount Rushmore. The fourth Mount Rushmore for me would be John Elway with his talent. Marino never never won a Super Bowl. I can't put him there. And then the last four I think we keep open for generations to come. But for us here in the States, to have Mahomes – Brady and Joe, I'm pretty cool with that. JT, great stuff. You're coming to Vancouver, seafood or steak? Priority? A hundred percent. I live off a of steak okay. here. We're doing seafood. Here, here's the two requests I have for your great audience. I want to drink great local beer okay. and great local regional wine. Okay. Okay, I'm, a, I'm not a snob, but I like the California Cabernet. You like any, I, have you ever tried ice wine? No. Okay. No. Okay. We've got a little okay. ice wine for you. Uh, and by the way, Wayback Brewing, one of our sponsors, great brand new good pub, like brew pub. That's big in Vancouver, all I, the craft beers and stuff. And I want to be on the water at some point. It doesn't have to be. It could be touristy. If the coolest thing is touristy on the water, there, I want to see that too. And, and let we'll me know what's going to happen. JT, great Thanks, stuff. Guys. Look forward to seeing you in Vancouver come July. And you're going to see us in Vegas in April. Can't wait. And I uh, can't wait for us next time to talk about how dare you not talk about my Stanley <laughs> Cup champs? How many times have I come on your show and hey, now I'm a Stanley Cup we're champ? Out, we're working on getting George McPhee here Friday. Thanks, guys. Big thank you to JT the Brick from Raider Nation Radio and, of course, Sirius XM. He's on Mad Dog Unleashed on that channel. Setting me straight uh, setting me straight about Vegas, I should say. So, big thank you to Brick. Coming up in a matter of minutes, Chris Sims from NBC Sports will break it all down for us. But before we get to Chris, got to tell you about Able Auctions on Thursday February 15th, Able Auctions will sell the contents from three breweries, including a large brew kettle, a canning line, dozens of stainless brew tanks, two depalletizers, a large walk-in cooler, a commercial chiller, commercial boiler, and a lot more. Caravetto will probably buy it all. He's always buying stuff from Able. For information on this brewery equipment auction, go to ableauctions.ca to get your brewery or any business assets and equipment sold at auction. Email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Coming up next, the one and only Chris Sims from NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. 
Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the landing in Ladner. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Moach here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ams. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus, live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show Presented in part by The Ladner Landing Pub and Grill OK Tire Langley Able Auctions The West Coast Auto Group and Wayback Bruco in Surrey Now again, here from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas Here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row Mandalay Bay Hotel for Super Bowl 58 Pits the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers at Allegiant Stadium. Our 23rd time we've been at Radio Row. And in the last few years, this guy's become a regular and always fun talking to him. Christopher Sims. Whoa. NBC Sports, of course, Pro Football Talk. I got to go with the Christopher because that's what your dad calls I, me. I like it. That's, well, that's how you know you and I were becoming friends like that. that, that like, only my closest like people in my life call me Christopher. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, my dad will always like he'll hear somebody call me Christopher. Oh, you know, I named him Christopher. Right? I didn't name him Chris. And for some reason, when I was little, I was like, "Damn, my name's so long." I used to just tell people, "I'm Chris. I'm Chris. I'm Chris." I don't know, me and his mom named him Christopher. I don't know why he doesn't do that. So I think a lot of like, you know, some of his friends always call me Christopher, and then some of my friends have heard everybody call me Christopher, and then they jump on the Do bandwagon. You know it's, the, it's usually the reverse because parents call you by your full name right. when you've done something bad. Right, right. right full name, middle name, exactly. last name, and it's like boom, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. you're like you're done. I was lucky; I didn't have, I don't have a middle name, so I, you know, I just, you know, I'd get Boba, and that's like my mom talking in Serbian, right? Right, and I'd be like, it wouldn't be good, right? So it'd just be like boom, done. Hey, um, lot to get into, but it was interesting. I, I heard you talking with the guys from Tyler. Right. Um, and you were talking about a story like when you were a kid watching your dad. 
hey, none of this sweet business, right? Like, you know, in a 300-level executive suite. No, right. You're watching Giants games in the stands. In the stands. What in was the that stands. Experience? Like, it was funny because, like, you know, guys will start ripping your dad. Like, hey, that, that's his kid over there. Yeah, right. You know, I, I mean, I, I pride myself on being a man of the people, and I feel like that's where it kind of started. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you guys know, right? I mean, the NFL, back in the 80s, quarterbacks weren't making, like, they were making good money, but not like – you know, now they're in, in, in a whole different stratosphere where they can, you know, have other businesses and do whatever and really never have to think about working ever again. So, yeah, we didn't have that kind of money that we were in, in some suite, a giant stadium. Nobody did on the Giants football team. There was no family that had a suite like that. So I sat in Section 236 on the mezzanine level. I like to sit up a little higher so I could see the field and really see the game. And it's New York, and you know New York leads the world in jerks. doesn't matter if they're, you know, and I'm one of them, so I, I can say that. But, yes, and so, you know, there would always be somebody in our section getting on my dad, saying things, whatever, and you you learn to get some thick skin and deal with it. And every now and then a man would stand up and be like, hey, these are his family down here, right? But that was few and far between. Uh, but, hey, it's part of it, and it's certainly more good than bad came out of all hey, that Hey, forget stuff. about that. The, the, the part of the story you talked about, hey, Dad, you missed that guy down oh, the middle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like to sit up there, and I'd, you know, get on him after the game, especially if I got older. Yeah. And I got older, and, and I was a – I was the kind of kid at four years old, knew every player in the NFL, their number, everything about them. That's just who I was. So I don't think my dad would ever be shocked that I'm in this business now and doing what I do. But he knew I'd do the game, and he would legitimately, when I would be like nine and ten years old, we'd get in the car after the game, and he'd go, you know, what did you think? Did you, did you think I missed anybody you know, during the game a little bit? And I'd be like, you know, there was that one play. I saw a guy going down the middle of the field, and, you know, he, he'd talk about it or tell me what he saw. Uh, it great experiences, really. Um, a lot of cool things. Of course, some tough things, too. New York Post saying your dad sucks or something like that on a Monday morning, but, but uh, still way more good than bad. Do you know, you can just hear the passion in your voice. It's something that you've always had, and now you've transferred it from playing into, you know, pro football talk and with NBC, man. This, you, you, can't, you never get sick of talking football. I, I don't. I love it. I love football because it's endless. It's, it's endless in the schematical things you can do and the creativity and how you can unpack that. And then I also think it's the most psychological sport there is as well. And I love that, how you handle pressure, how you process things on the football field. So, uh, yeah, I, I really love studying and I love talking about hey, it. Hey, I listen to Pro Football Talk. I watched it, you and Florio. I think it was the conference champion. You guys were talking about, like, your man caves, the garage, we chicken always, wings. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. dude, I mean, I go, I love this. These guys are right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. Forget about cover. Like, you know, we hear enough of the X's and O's. Like, what are you going to do against cover two man when they rotate Right, right, right. You guys are talking about real guy stuff. We try to. We try to, like, start the show out every day to be a little bit like, let's talk life and, you know, with, with an encompassing football. Right. And then, yeah, we're both obsessed with the sport. The conference championship game, it was the first Sunday, you know, Florio and I didn't have to work the whole year. Right. There was no game on NBC. So we were so excited to be able to sit on the couch like a normal football fan and, you know, have a few drinks. And I did have a lot of, you know, wings and and some good stuff uh, throughout the day. And and I enjoyed it. Yeah, we tried to have fun. What's in the Sims garage? The Sims. Hold on. Is it like a real garage or is this thing like a pimped up? extra part of the house no no so i'm like it's a i have a i live in an old farm 
I live in a farm that's 300 years old. The house was built in 1724, right? Uh, I had revolutionary soldiers in my family room. <laughs> Redcoats, because the guy that built the house was an Englishman who had moved to Greenwich, yeah. Connecticut. Uh, so the barn I live in is the oldest barn in Greenwich, Connecticut. It is not sexy or pretty. My wife has cleaned it up a little bit. We have a couch in there. We have a big TV. We got a refrigerator in there. But you got to make a fire to warm it up in the summer. I mean, in the winter. It's, it's not like insulated. I don't have any heating system. So it's kind of old school. But I love it because I can go out there. I like to uh, smoke a little. Cigars? Uh, well, I call them daddy cigars. They're <laughs> a- a.k.a. marijuana. So I like, I like to do that. And I can feel not bad about blowing it into my house when I'm out in the bar. Right? You, you should come to Vancouver then. You'd have a hell of a time, <laughs> I, my friend. Everybody tells me that. And I really that is on my bucket list for sure, Vancouver. I mean, the pictures I always see of Vancouver are incredible. Do you know what's crazy? Like, we were talking about the transformation. And I, I, what have you been in the industry now? 10, 15 years? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about 10 years yeah, now. Yeah, so, right? like, I mean, this is my, as I mentioned, 23rd. But, dude, I mean, you got guys now walking around talking about their cannabis products. I mean, the Garrett Blunt is here every year. I mean, other guys as well. And then back in the day, you could not get on. If you wanted to find out, hey, what's a, a prop bet or not or whatever, you couldn't access gambling no. sites through the NFL wide You better call system. Johnny the Bookie. Yeah, you'd have to, right? like, you know, go on your own phone. Now they've got, like, monstrous fan duel sets, DraftKings, you name it. It's transformed so much. It's, it's incredible. I mean, when I got in the NFL and drafted in 2003, I mean, gambling was such a no-no and all of that. And here we are now just embracing it and publicizing it and do it more. I mean, it's, it is totally – this sport has exploded, I think, in the last 20 years. And some of that is because of fantasy football and the gambling and all of that. But, you know, I notice it everywhere I go from people from all over the world. You know, I live very close to New York City, right? So, you know, I, I was just telling somebody I got Spanish people, right, people from Ireland who were kind of learning football. But they're like, this is amazing. I'm really enjoying doing this. And it seems like it's getting popularity everywhere. Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. I know you love the quarterbacks. It's the position you played at the college and the NFL level. Um I don't know if you can stop Mahomes, but how do you try to neutralize him? Or just, I shouldn't even say neutralize, but contain him. Yeah, they got to do, well, first off, the 49ers, uh, where, where this is, to me, I'm, I'm still shocked the 49ers are favored. All right? The 49ers have not played, they might have peaked too early. That's, to me, one of the psychological things here I'm interested to see. They haven't played real good football until early, since early December. You know, can they change that in the last in two weeks off here and going into the Super Bowl? I don't know. Maybe they can. Right, but they were outplayed in both playoff games, and really probably should have lost both of those games. The Chiefs, on the other hand, like you're talking about here, right, played B minus football the whole year, and then got to the end of the season. We're like, we're gonna go look like a championship team now, and that does not happen. Like teams don't just turn a switch on in professional football and then go, we're gonna be clean and play perfect yeah. and execute now. It's incredible what we're seeing, and of course, it feels like they are towards their peak play. And I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. They're going to have to change some things. The biggest thing with the 49ers right now, and I think to contain, like you're not going to stop Mahomes, but you've got to be a little unpredictable. And that to me is where, you know, they have a scheme. They're a little bit of a defense of this is we do what we do. 
And I, if you do that against Mahomes and Reed, they're going to march right down the field on the first drive and score a touchdown and put the pressure on you that way. So what I would say is curveballs, things they haven't prepared for, and you've watched enough football the last two weeks, there's too much space in the 49ers' defense. they got to be a little bit more aggressive dabble in some man-to-man more and I do think dabble with blitzing a little bit more this is their worst defense they've had in their four NFC championship games like this is they've been at four to the last five NFC championship games this is their second Super Bowl this is the worst defense they've had in that run we talked to Brian Baldinger from the NFL Network uh, another one of our good friends here yeah. he says Purdy's got to make five big throws this I, game. I don't disagree I, I, I'll, I'll uh and I, I love Baldy Baldy's the man he's like me he's obsessed with watching um I won't say throws. I'll say plays. Like, to me, whether it's a scramble like we saw against the Lions where it's third and 11 and he can make a big scramble. Yeah, I would say so. I feel like the 49ers are going to have to make – steal one possession somehow, some way. Like, if the game plays out status quo, right, no turnovers, clean on both sides, all that – Man, that just feels like it's going to Mahomes late game winning win that way. You know, the, we always talk about this at every level, but right. you know, you know this as well as I do. Most coaches will tell you there's three, four, five, five big plays in right. a game. Right. You're on the right side of those five big plays, and as just you mentioned there, if you're on the right side of that, you'll be you'll be winning it. Hey, very quickly yeah. before we let you go, Chris. Mahomes, if he wins this one, is he on the Mount, Rush, Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks? You know, I'm not so sure he's not there already. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the only one I can really, you know, and again, I think his talent is maybe the greatest talent in the history of football. I mean, we've never seen anybody like Mahomes, let alone he gets into the league in his first year. They're just like, we're going to ride you. That doesn't happen either. Like where they just make a young quarterback and go, he's the squad. We're going to let him carry us. We'll go from there. Right. That's odd. He's special. To me, yeah, Brady's ahead of him, but he's in the Brady-Manning build. Montana. He's right there with those guys. He is already an all-time great. He is already one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in the history of football. For him to be six, you know, conference championships in a row, that's insane. I mean, again, Brady was amazing, and he didn't get to his 6-1 to the 12th year in the league, right? And that just I think that gives you a little bit of a flavor there. Christopher, great stuff. One Thank day you. we will tell you a great story about your dad going into TSN 1040 back in the day, which is a great, great clip. I'll tell you off the air because we don't have time. Okay. we got to let you run. I always like to hear good stories on dad, but great, thanks for having great me. Great stuff, my friend. Always in good continued success with Pro Football Talk and with NBC Sports. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Great stuff with Chris Sims from NBC Sports Pro Football Talk. I would love to watch a game in his garage. That sounds like a lot of fun. Can you imagine watching a game in his garage, Chris Chris Sims smoking daddy cigarettes, as he called them? That would be fun. (laughs) Speaking of fun, Ronnie Patterson has a lot of fun going on at all three of his establishments. First off, we'll talk about the Ladner Landing, 13 TVs, two large screens, of course. Great, great atmosphere. We've been out there many times. Love that spot. you got Speed's Pub as well, his new place. You can catch the, uh, the big game spirit with a fun outdoor tailgate party with all the food you can eat. That's right, all the food. You can eat smoked beef brisket. Are you kidding me? 30 bucks gets you all you can eat with that tailgate barbecue. Tickets are going fast. Check it all out. And, of course, Pioneer's Pub. If you're in the Richmond area, check out Pioneer's Pub at 3 Road in Williams. And they have big game specials that start at 2 p.m., prizing and free featured drink specials as well. All right. On the other side, we are going to chat with Matt Collar. He's got a great book out that analyzes analytics and football. It's called Football is a Numbers Game. Pro Football Focus and how a data-driven approach shook up the sport. This is going to be fun because I think a lot of you know how I feel about analytics. All that and more coming up on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. 
Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Moj here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ems. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus, live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com Hey, it's the Moj. It's just not in the world of sports where having a great roster is important. That's why the West Coast Auto Group has built an all-star roster around their stars. West Coast Toyota, Mazda, Nissan, Kia, and Ford Lincoln get all the headlines, but great defense and role players are just as important. And that's where their famous service comes in. Great service, great selection, great squad. The West Coast Auto Group, just over the bridge in Maple Ridge and at westcoastautogroup.com. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show, presented in part by Speeds Pub in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show coming to you from Radio Row at the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. Of course, Las Vegas hosting Super Bowl 58, pitting the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Our next guest is a gentleman who has written a book, Football is a Numbers Game, talking about analytics in the game, talking about pro football focus, and his name is Matthew Collar. He joins us now. Matthew, thanks for taking time out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I grew up, by the way, in uh, Buffalo, so Doug Flutie was like the first quarterback that I remember. So this is my CFL connection, Uh is uh, knowing that Flutie had set all the CFL records, and then he came to Buffalo and then lit it up. So I've always been a CFL fan since. There you go. Well, you know what? We've got a lot to get into because analytics for me, and you've written a book on pro football focus and, you know, this analytical company and how it started. And, and, you know, before we get into my take on it, tell us how this book started the genesis of it. Yeah. So um, I cover the Vikings as my full-time job. And what I noticed was that the analytics numbers were becoming more and more prevalent, not only just for what I was doing on a daily basis covering the team and the amount of data that was available to me, but also the Vikings hired a general manager with an analytics background. And uh, you started to see a lot more. I mean, going for it on fourth down is the one that everyone really notices, but it is a massive, massive change in how often teams go for 
short on fourth down, how often they throw on first down, how rarely they draft running backs. Like you, you can pick out these major things that have changed about the NFL. And I wondered how PFF kind of became the king of this or like the center of analytics because they work with all 32 teams, plus obviously in the media and fans use their data all the time. And I just wondered, like, where did this come from? And so I met the founder of PFF, and it turned out that he was a British guy who just liked football and started writing down everything that happened on plays and then got his friends to do it too, hoping to just get a little more insight on which offensive linemen were good or whatever because he thought the box scores weren't really enough. And then they started to post it on a website. The New York Giants found it, called them, hired them to do player participation because back in the day they didn't have snap counts available, which really tells you how far this has come along, right? And then they built the company from there to now it's hundreds of people who are gathering data, who are tracking, who are grading every single play and doing data science, which means analyzing the numbers and trying to figure out what they mean. So what do the grades actually mean in the bigger context? And uh, it was a really fascinating project to find the story behind that. And then, of course, Chris Collinsworth buys it and it takes it to another level. Um, So it was a really interesting project, but that was kind of the inspiration. What surprised you? Uh, I think that when you'll hear coaches say that they don't use analytics or that they don't care about the PFF numbers, um, they're lying to you um, or that they don't. They what what really shocked me. So you'll see the cover of the book is Zach Ertz catching a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. That play was directly influenced by PFF data. Their wide receivers coach from the Eagles before the Super Bowl, the week before, was analyzing data looking for any holes in the Patriots' defense and discovered that against the particular look that they could isolate the tight end and then against the particular motion they had struggled in other plays throughout the season, they called it in the biggest moment. It results in them winning the Super Bowl. Every single week, every single day is influenced by PFF and analytics and data for how the NFL operates. That's what really surprised me is that like Zach Robinson, who just got hired as the offensive coordinator for Atlanta, I quoted him in the book saying every single day we are using their data to influence what we do with the Los Angeles Rams, which is where he came from. I was not aware of the depth of usage from NFL coaches, which goes back a ways, but has really, really ramped up in recent years. You know, the the one thing that I look at, I think the data has always been there. I mean, it's called scouting, right? I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, NFL teams would know about tendencies yep. and what teams yep. do on second and 10 from their 40. They run this formation. All that's been there. Yep. For me, I think the biggest change has been the interpretation of that data mm-hmm. into what the result is. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going with that? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. before, I mean, say 20 years ago, the Bears know that they're playing the Rams. Rams in a second and 10, if say from their 30 to the 50, 48% pass. They're going to run these formations, mm-hmm. this, that. If they run a running play, it's going to be toss 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. But I think what we've seen now is taking that data and saying, okay, when they do this, mm-hmm. this is what's going to occur. Right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great observation. And where the data really changed how coaching works is they were doing all of that stuff essentially by hand, looking at every single play and going through it hours and hours and hours from quality control people and things like that. Where now, if you want all the numbers you just said, if you want to know in the middle of the field how often do they run on first down, 
you could just click, click, and not only does the NFL or does the PFF system give you the data, but it also gives you the film on every one of those plays as well. So they are then getting all the film from from that situation rather than having to watch every single play. So it saved coaches a lot of time. And what it's really become now that they all have this same system is kind of like a chess game in a different way. Can I find something in the data that's a weakness that you have that I can take advantage of, but you also know your own data, so you're trying to make sure, right? So it's like, I'm guessing, it's, it's like you ever play Battleship where you're trying to guess, you know what I mean? And, wow, you're going old school. Yeah, exactly. Battleship. You're not that old to remember Battleship. No, we had it as, I, as a kid. We had yeah. Battleship. Yeah, well, so I mentioned Doug Flea. I'm old enough, uh, right, uh, to have been before uh, iPhones. But the, the point is that, like, this game going on behind the scenes, is what really surprised me about it because I didn't realize the depth of that. I assumed it was still like they were using some of it for player evaluation and front offices and such, but it's really become a major part of the game planning. Matthew Collar is our guest. Football is a numbers game. It's a book on analytics to us focusing on pro football focus. Here's one of the things that kind of gets me about pro football focus. They actually started doing the CFL this year. Mm, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. The, you know, they're coming out with player grades and this and that. And, you know, I've talked to coaches um, who are like, man, that's they did a bad job. And, and here's my, my qualm with it. The fact is you don't know what their assignment is yeah. on that play unless yep. you're in that meeting room. Okay, you can generalize. You might be able to kind of like assume, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be 100% accurate because you, you're not in that room. You don't know right. what's happening. I mean, I've seen tweets where some guy thinks he's breaking down a coverage, <laughs> and I've seen a DB going, no, that's not what yeah. happened, and you didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah. So yeah. that's the – I mean, yeah, okay, they're giving you this information, yet at the same time, you, it, it's not the be-all, end-all. So there are a lot of different ways that different people in the game, who you talk to, if you talk to 100 different NFL people or CFL people about PFF and the grades, you'd get 100 different opinions on it. Some people in the NFL are kind of offended by other people grading their players. And others use it in different ways. So I talked to an offensive line coach in the book who would use the grades to look at the pluses and minuses that are behind just the 100 grade, but like the actual pluses and minuses. And they would look at where their offensive linemen won or lost and use that to go back and study the tape. Or as they were going for an opponent, so it was Paul Alexander who was the Bengals offensive line coach. So he was telling me how he worked with Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle, where he would go through and look at the reps that other left tackles won against their upcoming pass rusher and try to figure out Like, what was it that earned them that grade? And he was actually um, helpful to PFF in shaping their offensive line grades. But there's another part of it that it's never going to be perfect. You're right that you can never fully know the assignments. And an NFL GM said to me, but we don't know either. Like, when our coaches are grading the Green Bay Packers, we don't know what they called either. Like, it's it's a challenge for everybody. So if you're the coach and you're coaching those players – you would know, hey, this double team should have actually worked that way, or this guy was supposed to rotate and he didn't, so now the safety got banged with that negative grade when really the corner was supposed to drop back there. This game is so complicated and there's so many moving parts that it's always going to be very, very difficult to grade. But I guess what I would say is they have layers of graders 
and they have a grader and then like team cross a team of cross checkers for every grade and they usually involve a former coach or a former player so the quarterback grades are Bruce Gradkowski who used to play in the NFL Campbell and Bay back in the day. exactly yeah. and so he'll look at what the grader did and look back at all of their pluses and minuses and make changes if he needs to um, so there is an intricate system to try to get this as close as possible, but I don't think that anyone would say that you could ever get it exactly perfect because of the challenges that exist there. Analytics, of course, has been in the news, particularly when it comes to the NFC Conference Championship yep, yep. game, some of the calls that head coach Dan Campbell of the Lions made. Here's the, the thing that I, when I look at analytics, and don't even get me going on Staley and what he did with the Chargers, <laughs> You, you have to have a feel for the game as well, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it can't be the be-all, end-all. And, and you talk about the be-all, end-all. Look at baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Blake Snell's pitching, what, a one-hitter in the playoffs? <laughs> yes. He's got, I don't know, he's gone through the lineup and struck out eight or yes. nine guys. You know what? We're going to take him out because on the third time around, the batting <laughs> averages go from 220 to 310 or something. I mean, come on. You can't. I mean, yep. there's times when you just have to feel the game and not be married to analytics. Yeah. Well, I also think that, like, sometimes we treat analytics as, like, one beast in itself as opposed to everyone's interpretations of that. So, for example, like that play with Dan Campbell, that's something that all year long he did, whether it was actually right by the numbers or not. When it was fourth down in that area of the field, he went for it every single time. And when I looked at the numbers, because I was curious about this, what they actually said, There were some models that showed that it was a total coin flip decision because you have to consider the kicker was bad. Yeah, I think from what I saw on the ESPN, the the model that ESPN used, it's like 1%, 3%. Right, right, which to me is a coin flip. flip. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Dan Campbell decided, we've done this all year, we're doing it. And he probably also thought, if my kicker misses, where does San Francisco get the ball, right? There's two yards to go. They dialed up a play where the guy was wide open and he dropped the ball. I mean, that there's you're only going to be able to ever control for so much. It can be a guideline for you if you want it to be. And I think over the long haul, like with baseball, taking Blake Snell out, if you did it in a 1,000 straight games, you'd probably come out with some small advantage. But you only have to win that game that day. So sometimes you do have to go against the numbers. And I, I think that it's, it's a challenge for every coach to know when to or, or not. But I think the fact that Dan Campbell, that was always the way he approached it, and his team knew that, and the players said that after the game, I think he would probably defend that decision uh, and not necessarily even call it like an analytics decision. I think that that's the debate that followed, even though it was much more of a 50-50. I mean, Thomas Dimitrov's going to be around. And, yeah, you know, yeah, of yeah. course, he's working for summer sports analytics as well. And um, I don't want to bring up the, the Falcons, but, <laughs> I mean, in that situation, run the ball three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goal, right? Yep, Instead, yep, yep. And I understand, like, with Campbell and in that situation, you're true to what got you there. You're true yep, to what yep. you do. Yet at the same time, there has to be that call or saying, hey, you know what? Even though this brought us here, we've got to do something different this time. You've got to be able to adapt. You can't be so married to your philosophy that you can't read a game. And we also have to consider that we love nothing more than breaking it down in hindsight. And I'm sure there will were a lot of people at the moment who said kick the field goal, including me, by the way. Like, watching the game, I was like, you should just kick the field goal. Like, go up by three scores. I didn't realize how bad their kicker was when he was k- kicking it from a far away. But because we know what happened after, it's a lot easier to say, well, I guess, you know, Dan screwed it up with the analytics. 
I didn't expect a guy to have a football bounce off his face and turn into a touchdown for the other team. So I think that we do that a lot. Like Kansas City went for it in the earlier game that day several times, converted it. We never remembered it oh, yeah. because it didn't no, have right. right? So, yeah. so we do that. And, like, I think that's one of the greatest parts of sports. I love the old NFL films. The game changed on a fourth down. There was a failure. Like, that's really interesting. And you can see that, like, in the numbers, you can watch, like, the win probability. Like, on that play, it dropped much. But after they scored, it was massively different. So you could see where it impacted the game. But when we are in that moment of that actual decision, I totally understand why Dan Campbell did it. What's the future of all of it? Well, that is a really interesting question because so PFF is doing the grading and the tracking and they're having people do this, right? But the AI thing is getting better and better and better. So if you watch the Amazon broadcasts, they had Amazon AI identifying when guys were going to blitz. It was like, whoa, how the (laughs) heck do they, they can write programs to do that. So the NFL is getting more data dumped on them. And they're having to hire more analytics people to even understand what to do with it. How can we use it to make ourselves a better football team? And I think the AI stuff is going to maybe take over some of what PFF is doing, that their crown may not be uh, on forever. Um, So that's probably the biggest thing that's going to change in the future. God, AI and pro football. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's always been an innovative game. That's the thing is, like, (laughs) we think of it. Isn't it funny that we're talking about the most manly football dude ever as, like, the analytics guy? Matthew Collar has been our guest. Football is a numbers game. Pro football focus and how a data-driven approach shook up the sport. People want to grab your book or learn more about it. How can they go about it? Uh, if you just go to Google and you type in football is a numbers game, it'll pop up. Or wherever you get your books, you'll be able to find it there. Matthew, great conversation. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Big thank you to author Matt Collar for stopping by, giving us his thoughts on analytics. Big hour number two coming up. Man, oh, man, we've got Alex Singleton, Sean Merriman, Thomas Dimitrov, and Lorenzo Neal. How's that for our number two lineup? Before we get to break, though, Tommy Blaney and the folks at Northwest Tank Lines are doing so well. They go, Moj, we don't need any pub. Give the pub to Big Brothers of Greater Vancouver. Founded in 1978, Big Brothers of Greater Vancouver works to support child and youth development through volunteer-led mentoring programs. Big Brother Greater Vancouver programs pair children with adults to provide mentorship across a variety of fields of a child's life. Kids gain confidence. They do better in school and socially. It's a win-win as the mentors get to see the development of their little brothers. For more info, check out BigBrothersVancouver.com. As we mentioned, big show coming up in hour number two. Man, you talk about a stacked hour. We're going to start it off with a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame. Blocked for like eight 1,000-yard rushers, eight different 1,000-yard rushers. The one and only Lorenzo Neal covering the 49ers out of the Bay Area. He's next on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show. This is the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl Show. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. Sponsored in part by The Landing Pub and Grill in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and by the West Coast Auto Group. Now from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show. Busy hour number one. We had JT the Brick, Chris Sims, and Matt Collar stop by. How about hour number two? Alex Singleton is going to pay us a visit. Former Calgary Stampeder, now a linebacker with the Denver Broncos. He's working with Special Olympics here. Lights Out 16 is coming up. That's a project that former NFL linebacker Sean Merriman is involved with. Thomas Dimitrov and Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. 
the former Atlanta Falcons GM, of course, ties to Canada. He played college football at Guelph. His dad coached in Ottawa. We'll talk about analytics a little bit more with Thomas and Eric. But coming up right now, the one and only, our good man, Lorenzo Neal. Low, a fullback of the National Football League for 16 years, now working for 95.7, the Game Sports Radio in San Francisco, and, of course, CSN, Bay Area analyst for the 49ers. Low, welcome to the program. Mo, what's up, brother? How we doing, big fella? Man, it's just nice seeing you, man. It's always That's, great to see you, man. It's always. We've always had so many memories, so many... Parties. Nights out, so many great times. And, that, and that's what life is. You know, the life is about memories. How, yeah. how many people do you choose to, you know, when you get the older you get, you choose to keep your circle close and keeps it small. And, Mo, you're just one of those guys, brother, that you're infectious. You've always been the salt of the earth. You give your shirt off your back. You give me your last cigar every time I see you. I'm like, <laughs> Mo, I need a cigar. Here, Lo, this is my last one. I'm like, gosh. I mean, you're just a great guy, man. That's why. That's why it's uh, it's, it's always awesome to see you and visit with you. Oh man, it's uh, thank you for the kind words, but uh, you're you're going over the top on this one. Hey, let's get into a whole bunch of stuff, man. You cover the 49ers, yes, for one of the media outlets in San Francisco, TV, right? Yes, yeah. I do. Uh, KPX, KPY, KPX, yeah. is uh, Channel Five, and also do uh, you know 95.7 The Game. So it's a, it's the, the various sports talk show. So yeah, so two stations, one radio and one TV. Yeah, because I always see like a lot of your stuff on Instagram. Yeah. By the way, you're looking sharp. I don't Thank know how much you. the budget you have for like you know, for clothing. And, and you see, you see your boy getting pretty, in the, you know, pretty in the face, slim in the waist. You know, I'm trying to keep you're that nice good. figure. I'm doing you, whole, hey, you look like you can still play. Yeah, I got one play in me. And then Mo, you gotta have to come out and pull me off the field, pick me up, walk me to the locker room, give me my Epsom salt. After that, you're gonna have to carry me and feed me through, you know. Feed me soup to a straw, so it'd be all your one fault. Play, one right? play, right? No, I, I think you'd have one more than one play. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about this 49er team and the evolution of it throughout the course of the year. I mean, what have you seen from this 49er team at the start? From what you saw at the start, do you expect them to be where they're at now? You expect them to be here, and it's almost it's almost like fool's goal because you have so much expectation. You look last year, you're a game away from the Super Bowl. Purdy gets hurt. And you see it just fall off the rails because they went with the guy who played, you know, and has been on the couch and didn't have a backup, a sufficient backup, and it really hurt him. So everyone was like, okay, God, if Purdy didn't get hurt, this team's in the in the Super Bowl. You you, you look at what he did when he came in. Once, uh, you know, Jimmy was injured, Purdy into Purdy last year, and it was like, wow, can this guy hold it? Was it just one game magic? Was it two games? Was it three games? And then you just saw this guy continue to hold a line. You could saw him just continue to be great. You could see him to continue to say, look, take what the defense give, understand what Cal Shanahan's offense, how it works, and what his went through with the progressions to make sure that he didn't overdo it and overthink it. And that's what I think that that's what I think that just it's been the curse and a blessing because he's been so good. And this team has been so good. You have Ayuk, you have, you know, hey diddle diddle kittle down the middle. You have Debo. You can throw the ball, throw it to him, a five-yard catch, and he can turn it into, you know, the yak yards, yards after contact and what he can do. So it almost put Purdy in a position of failure because people said, oh, well, he's got all – he's got these abundance of weapons. He, You know, Jimmy G didn't have to do much. They ran it 38 times one time in the playoff, and they made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. This system, you look at RG3, look at the system that the Shanahan's run, and most quarterbacks have had success. And I'll agree, and that's why I think some of the critics come. I'll agree to disagree. The disagreement part, but who's ran it to perfection like this kid? 
who's been so successful like this kid? Who has taken this offense and said, okay, I know what you want, Channing, but I'm going to just, I'm going to make sure that I do what you want, but I'm going to win with it. And that's the thing. He's won with his arms, he's won with his legs, and he's won because he's got a good team around him. Do you know the big thing with Brock Purdy to me? It's always about, yeah, but, right? Like, yeah. It's, yeah, but. I think if he wins this game, there's no more yet. There can't be any more yet. Agreed. Buts. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's just enough. Agreed. The guy, okay, he's the last pick in the draft. People are always, so it's a team around him, this, that. Hey, man, you got this team to the Super Bowl, right? Don't kid yourself. Yeah, you're right. How was that? How was that with you when, 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 when and, and not just Brock, but just everyone, as they would say, he got this team to a Super Bowl. Jimmy G, he got this team to a Super Bowl. And I, I, now, he's a quarterback that played in a Super Bowl, but did he get this team to a Super Bowl? Did, did, I'm talking about Jimmy G. I, I, I look at Mahomes. They say, okay, Mahomes, yeah, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. But did he get his team to the Super Bowl this year? You held Baltimore mm-hmm. to seven points. You look with the – so, yeah, is he still great? So that's the, that's, the, that's the narrative with me that always kinds of chap my backside because I think it's lazy sometimes, lazy, lazy media, just lazy people. Like, oh, he got this team to the Super Bowl. Now, there's been years when Mahomes carried his team, his team to the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know this year is it right to just say Mahomes carried them to the Super Bowl because I think their defense this year carried the Kansas City Chiefs to the Super Bowl. I, I agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you look at that team, it's a different team that got KC. I mean, it's not the, hey, let's air it out, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. No, this is a team that basically got there because of their defense and their running game. They're, absolutely. Right? It's about Pacheco basically drive the engine in that offense. I mean, yeah, Mahomes makes oh, the yeah. throws. When no he has to. So oh, oh, he's amazing. He makes a big play. And, you know, when I looked at that game against the Ravens, afterwards I, I picked the Ravens beforehand. When I looked at all the numbers, the defense, this, that, the fact that KC went up against a banged-up Buffalo defense, I thought, hey, the Ravens aren't banged up. There's going to be a different de-. Mahomes still found a way, and I think that's the, the thing that scares me if I'm a 49er fan. It's never mind all the matchups. It's Patrick Mahomes. Agree. Right? Because he's got that one throw. He's got that not, – not one. He's got, he can, he's got a plethora of throws. If you give him time, he can come down and you see the guy, way the guy can find a way to will his team to win. He's a champion that's been on a canvas that finds a way to get up and you got to kill him. He's like a cockroach. He, he's like a cat. He has nine lives. He's like a cockroach. You can't kill him. When you look at Baltimore, why didn't they run – why did Lamar Jackson be Sit Lamar Jackson? Sit in the Jackson? pocket. Okay, okay. Now, you know, most I miss you, brother. I, <laughs> I, I, I miss you because – Dude, I saw one stat that said that he had been in the pocket like – 21 times for four, three or more seconds, which was the most since like 2021 or 2019. I mean, some ridiculous stat like that. I, I'm trying to remember it off the head, but they off my head. But they just made him into a pocket quarterback. It That's was, not Lamar Jackson. It was ridiculous to see this guy sit because his legs can kill you. Yes, you've seen him throw the ball, catch the ball, pick up 30 yards on that play. You're like, oh my god. Why isn't this guy taking off? And, dude, if he ran the ball just three or four times, you know what it's like? The thing is, I always talk about this. You don't necessarily have to do it all the time, right, but the defense right. has to respect they, it. Now they can't. Right? It slows down the rush. They have to respect him you? running, but they didn't even have to respect him because he never did. And when you don't respect the running, now you can pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. When you respect the run, now you can't just They made blitz. him into Peyton Manning. Exactly. How much did you lose? How much did you have on the game? Because you're, you're, you're all you're, you're, you're in too deep. You're too hot on this, Mo. Mo, you're too hot right now. You're I didn't have anything on it, although hey. I did pick the Ravens against the spread. So you read me like a book there, Lo. You read me like a book. We're a brother from another mother. There, there you, you go. go. Hey, um, one thing I want to touch base on, the three-game losing streak that the 49ers went through through the middle of the season, Cleveland, Minnesota, Cincinnati. I always look at that, and I think it's a positive for a team. And the reason I say that, I would rather a team that's gone through adversity 
during the course of the year. And if they get to a championship game, they know how to handle that adversity. How many times do you see teams that have monster regular seasons, no adversity, and they face adversity in the playoffs, and it's like they're looking around going, what's going on? What do we do? Yeah, they crack, they right? fold. And, and, and that's what you didn't get with the Niners. And I like the way the Niners just, you know, they – the way that they bounce back. When you saw them go on that losing streak, you heard them say, we got to play better. We got to get this thing corrected. It's not the calls. It's not the coaches. It's us. And you saw, even when they lost to a team, uh, you know, when they lost to, 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 to the first team they lost to, I think it was Cleveland Browns. Cleveland. When they lost to Cleveland, they only had two first, three first downs in the first half. In the last drive of the game, they had four first downs, more first downs they had in the whole half and they still had a chance to win the game, and, and Mooney misses a field goal. So Purdy had that, each, even though as bad as he played, think about it, they still could have won that game. Minnesota, he throws three interceptions. But look how they drove Lost down. Lost by five. Exactly, and had a chance at the end of the game. Cincinnati, they didn't have a chance. So when you look at the, the team, though, and even though when, even when Birdie, Purdy has played bad in games they should have lost, He's found a way, least to get him in a, least to give him an opportunity to have a chance to win the game, and that's what's been big. All right, I'm not going to ask you who wins and why because obviously you want the 49ers to win, being from San Francisco, being a big. But right guy. now you got to say Kansas. The way oh, yeah. Kansas City's been playing and what you've seen with the Niners, if they don't get this defense fixed and stop the run, uh, Detroit Lions should still be running the ball today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Green Bay should still be running. Well, the ball. that's the question so, I was going to ask you. How does San Francisco win it? Well, I tell you right now, you got to get, you got to do better job defensive ends. You got, you brought a guy in from the from the Commanders, and you said, hey, Chase Chase Young, he's got to be more of a force on that end. When he sees when he sees sweep, he's got to say, and defense and the linebackers got to say, crack, crack, crack. And now he's got to fight out and make sure he gets up the field, get up the field, get the, that edge. The corner has to see that, and they got to say, hey, crack, crack, crack. He sees a motion and in to crack the end. Then you guess what? Now you got to get across the field. Don't wait on the other side of the ball. You got to get across the field. Now you turn it back in. You got to have the safety come run down in the lane and play force because when you don't and you run the hump and you're playing back, now Fred Warner and those linebackers, because you crank the defensive end and you push him up the field, now they got to run over the hump and run a battle well, the other thing instead too, of getting down. And the other thing, too, even if they do go outside, if he can get that edge, get up field two, three yards, set that edge and make the running back bubble. Bubble, yes. Now you're buying time for your second support to come through so, so yeah that's got to be key. big the safeties secondary they got to be you know big. it's big big was having you on oh man. man you're the best brother it's, appreciate it's, it's it. been a while i know you haven't been to radio row for a couple of years but yeah. 49ers are here great to see you and i know we're gonna have a cigar at some point no question cheers you're the best most always fun talking to my brother from another mother the one and only lorenzo and neil great stuff all right before we get to our next guests and the break we got to tell you about way back bruco mark woodall and his crew series only craft brewery located south of highway 10 off 152nd street Five incredible beers and more to be curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ams. Boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. 70s dinner vibe, retro California design with private space upstairs. Large patio for spring with fire pits, live music, dog friendly, you name it. And they have Resurrection Spirits cocktails on taps. Check it all out. The big game as well. 100-inch screen there. Are you kidding me? That's going to be so much fun. Visit waybackbruco.com for more information. All right, coming up next, the former general manager of the Atlanta Falcons and a man with Canadian ties as his dad coached in Ottawa. He actually played his college football at Guelph. Thomas Dimitrov is going to stop by with Eric Eager. They're with Sumer Sports. Again, we're going to talk about analytics and football and how it impacts the game. All that and more coming up right here on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. 
Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moge, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the Landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the Landing in Ladner. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Presented in part by Speeds Pub and Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. 23rd time we have been at this event. Of course, always great seeing some old friends, and one of them is Thomas Dimitrov, former general manager of the Atlanta Falcons. Gave me grief today because I wasn't wearing my BC Lions shirt that I was wearing yesterday. He goes, where's the Lions shirt? I said, hey, man, where's your Guelph Griffin shirt? And I loved it, and you're right. Where is my golf Griffin shirt? Anyway, but, but you always look good in that BC. Thank you. I love thank it. you. Eric Eager, of course, sir, from Sumer Sports. We'll talk about that in a second. Talk about that last year. We're going to get into it more um, this year. But, you know, it's kind of funny. We're talking about the Lions and the CFL. It's amazing, man, just the, the connection, how small of a world it is. We talked to Tim Terry last night, director of player personnel for the, the Chiefs. He was a part of a Grey Cup championship team in Hamilton. You know, we talked to, to Greenlaw and Brandon Allen from the 49ers. They played with Keon Hatcher. Johnny Holland coached a couple of years sure. in B.C. with the Lions. So, it's, it's man, it's one degree of separation all the time. Look, I'll tell you this, and maybe this isn't the right thing to say. I want Mike O'Shea in the NFL. I'm a, I mean, I don't know where you guys are with him. He's a Guelph Griffin. I think Mike O'Shea is a fantastic football coach, and I would love to see him one day come down here and be a D coordinator, if not more. Why does and hey you know this i mean you're a gm how come you don't see as much you see players going from the cfo to the nfl but you rarely see coaches going from the it's CFL a scheme now. thing i mean and, yeah. and but i've i've asked around interestingly enough not that i'm mike o'shea's agent i've asked a number of my gms would you in fact interview a guy like mike o'shea 
having you know his his history being in the league i said you have a dude that is through and through leader player guides been there has done great things on the field as a player and as a coach and i got an you know over uh, uh what am i trying to say i thought there was really good uh response like yes if his situation came up there would be an interview for that so i think there are people that are interested they just know that they're gonna have to come down here and learn the system more and the other thing too it's complete change of lifestyle i mean in the sense of you know yeah. now you're at the office a hell of a lot more than you are in the cfl right? right so and a lot of i remember jeff tedford when he came to vancouver and coached the lions for the year and for him it was like you know i'm gonna be home at like three o'clock in the afternoon i don't have to go recruiting i don't have to do this and it's yeah. it's just a different world sometimes thomas dimitrov is our guest along with eric eager from sumer sports guys first off for people that are listening to you guys for the first time eric i'll let you explain tell the folks what sumer sports is about yeah we're a we're an analytics company that serves both the, the B2B side, which is NFL teams, college teams, uh, agencies. Uh, we, we use both scouting data, traditional scouting data, the stuff that Thomas, uh, you know, 30 years uh, in the NFL, uh, ways he's evaluated players, as well as analytical data. So things like tracking data, you know, the XY data and chips and things like that. We build those things up, and we try to we try to take the team's IP and, and help them more efficiently build their rosters. And then we have a B2C side, which is at sumersports.com. We have our big game preview uh, this week where we help players try to win at you know gaming, fantasy football, just try to understand the, the game better. So we have kind of two approaches, which is you know helping the teams win but also helping people who love football win. Do you know it's interesting when you talk about analytics? I know you guys talked about this last year. And that is the fact that you, you look for value. Like, I'm not a huge fantasy football guy, but I love fantasy baseball. I've been doing it since – our league's been around since 1990. And to me, it's always always about finding value, right? Who – and sometimes you use analytics to find that value. Unfortunately, that information is out there all the time now for everybody. So everybody is kind of hunting the same value. But I think that's when you look at sports, particularly in a salary cap era. Hey, if you're in the National Hockey League – the guy who scores 40 goals and you're paying $6 million for isn't going to be the difference maker. The guy who's on an entry-level deal that scores 30 will be. And I think, Thomas, you talked about it a couple of years ago. I think it was last year, actually, where you said one of the reasons the Chiefs are doing so well is because of the value that they're getting out of their secondary. I think, yeah, that's a great point. And by the way, Eric and I have argued he wanted me to cut Matt Ryan before he got to his final con- or his next contract. I'm joking, of course. We, we've bantered <laughs> about that, right? As a GM, you have to make a lot of decisions, and a lot of decisions are made with a lot of other things in consideration. Of course, now, if I were to ever go back as a general manager, in a heartbeat, I would hire my right-hand guy would be an Eric Eager, right? It would be a guy that was there with all the data to say, Thomas, I get your football. Here's, here's the data. Now let's look at and compare the decisions. So I'm, 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 I don't mean to protract here, but that is a big, big thing. Well, it's exactly we what you're saying, though. It's yeah. like everybody knows now the rookie deal, the rookie deal quarterback thing, right? Every single Super Bowl yeah. except the one Thomas was in a few years ago yeah. has had a team built around a quarterback making rookie deal money. That that edge is gone, right? It now you have to think about okay. Now it's is it defensive tackle? Is that the new edge? Now the teams are playing those two highs. Is it a defensive tackle? Is that the new premium position that no one is considering? Is it, you know, is it is it restoring the running back position? Is it tight end? Is it is it the interior offensive line? And to your point about fantasy football, it's like once everybody's talking about it, once everybody in the league is traded information, at that point, you're just your job as a as a GM and as an, an analytics person is not to mess it up, right? And then to find an edge, you actually have to go 
and you know people like me and Thomas have to talk to each other and be like, is this is this actually going to work? Is that actually going to work? And move forward well, on that. I'm going to throw this to you guys because uh, do you have to be a contrarian to find value? And I say that because I look at baseball and Billy Bean, what he did. Everything was about on-base percentage, right? And now you see teams in baseball, it's about the three outcomes. It's homers, strikeouts, and walks, right? The, the guy who can bunt, the guy who can run hit and runs, the guy who can steal, those guys aren't valued anymore. So if they're not valued, is that where you find the value? Can you go contrarian to find value? Well, that was that was Belichick's initial moat in the NFL was, you know, it, there was a ton of 3-4 defenses in the NFL. And then over time, they all emerged to 4-3 defenses. And then guys like Ted Washington and, you know, some of those outside backers, they were not recruited well into colleges because that was, the body type was different. And then they were available for relatively cheap. And so... The pendulum swung one way, and so then there was there was value. And, yeah, to your, to your point, you don't necessarily have to be contrarian, but analytics allows you to say, okay, the rule of thumb is to shoot more threes in basketball, right? The rule of thumb is to steal fewer bases in baseball. Analytics can tell you, well, exactly how many should you. So if everybody goes 5% too far, then you can pull back and buy back on it, just like, you know, we're in Vegas here, like just like it is in sports betting and things like that. Eric Eager and Thomas Dimitrov are our guests from Sumer Sports talking about analytics and football. Thomas, how do you weigh analytics in terms of decision-making? And, and never mind rosters, but let's talk about in-game management. I mean, you see what Dan Campbell did in the heat that he got, yet at the same time it's what kind of brought them there. But, man, I, I look at situations. I mean, I look at Berrios this year with the Blue Jays in that playoff game. They yank him, and he's he's feeling it. He's cruising. A couple of years ago, same thing with Blake Snell, right? Five and two-thirds of one-hit baseball or whatever with seven strikeouts. And we're going to take him out because it's the third time in the order and Tampa winds up losing the game. How do you balance the gut feel of what's going on in a game compared to what the analytics are telling you? Well, I, look, I – Anytime you have a strong use of analytics, you know, from, from and most, most teams do. They have these big old binders they're looking at, you know, on, on trying to make decisions. I would say this. In Detroit, there's no doubt in my mind, Brad Holmes, the general manager, has, has sat down prior to even kicking this off, you know, and, and have agreed that that's the way they're going to approach it as a team. A head coach is going to go to the analytics and make a decision off of what's presented. However... There are times and places, and Eric and I will, will battle a little bit about this on the second decision, you know, with Dan Campbell, right? I'm saying the way it was, kick it. You're saying what? I'm saying that, I, I'm saying that if you kick the kick, the best case scenario is you're in a tie game with the team that you haven't stopped all second half. See, I'm with you. I don't have as much decision with the first one as I do with the second one. The second one, to me, I think they'd scored on the four previous possessions, yeah. right? And, and they're putting points on the board. You can't be settling for field goals, right? You're well, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Well, and your kicker, your kicker hadn't made. Thomas a, just sighed by the well, way. Yeah, was a I, well, and my my thing is, that I've seen this a number of times, and we forget this because when when rule when you go when you fail with the grain, we forget, right? But I remember, you know, the last time the Chiefs lost to the Bengals, they had a similar situation where they're down three and they settled for a long field goal and missed, and the Bengals never let them hold the ball again, and it's like. You take the ball out of your best player's hands and put it in your kicker's hands. The kicker's good, right? But it, you're you sort of feel like I, you know, if you're the Lions, you're Dan Campbell, you're, you're Brad Holmes. You spent this entire off season building a great offensive line and building and building and building and winning that way, and all of a sudden you put the ball in the hands of a kicker who's who you know you signed in December. Hey, one thing before we let you go, Thomas, um, you touched on this yesterday. I think you were talking. To, you were talking to Brian Baldinger down there. Yeah. And I kind of I was laughing because I was thinking about my fantasy baseball pool. The fact <laughs> is. Everybody's got all these sites and stuff that they use. I don't believe in some of those sites, but if I know you're using that site 
Now I know what you're thinking. And I imagine that holds true in football as well. Even if you're not a huge believer in analytics or certain models, if you know other teams are using that intel, now you've got an edge on that team and perhaps some tendencies and things they want to do. Well, the tendency thing is a big thing. And as we, as we chase that around, it's, it's, any, it's a marginal gain, right? Marginal advantage. I believe in it for sure. All right, guys, great stuff. If people want more info, how do they go about it? Sumersports.com, big game preview, 41 pages, uh, all your favorite stats, prop bets, everything for the Super Bowl to get you ready for Sunday's game. And by the way, if anyone's listening from Guelph and people are listening via podcast, all that stuff, send Dimitrov a swag bag, golf shirt, hat, <laughs> shorts, whatever. He needs some Guelph gear. Can you get our Canadian brethren using Sumer? We have I mean, the best graphics in the world. Check it out, please. I keep telling all my buddies in Toronto, my brother included, help us. And we don't get the following in Canada for Sumer Sport. I, I think you I'm guys from Minnesota. I'm basically yeah. Canadian. They're all right. Follow we'll us. do yeah. it. Big thank you to Thomas Dimitrov and Eric Eager from Sumer Sports stopping by talking about analytics in the game of football. All right. So got much more to come up before we wrap things up. Got to tell you about OK Tire before we get to break. The Delaney's Clayton and Brett doing a great job. And they're more than tires. They've got you covered from top to bottom. Tires, full auto service. Anything that protects your warranty, they can do. Alignment, brakes, car accessories, oil change, struts. I can go on, but you get the picture. It's all about maintenance, full maintenance. Okay, Tire Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway. Or call them to book an appointment at 604-530-2545. All right, in the next segment, Sean lights out Merriman, the former Charger linebacker, and is going to stop by. We're going to talk about his latest venture, a little MMA. Lights out 16. Sean Merriman next right here on the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl show. Whether it's for the big game on Sunday or any other night, the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill and Speeds Pub in downtown Ladner are the places to be. At the Landing this Sunday, enjoy the game on 13 TVs. Prizes, great food and beverage features all day. At Speeds Pub, don't miss out on a fun outdoor tailgate party with tons of prizes and drink specials. All at the new Dockside Experience in Ladner. Football day or any day, check out Speeds Pub and the Landing in Ladner. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Thinking of closing your business but not sure what it's all worth or how to get it sold? Let the experts at Able Auctions help. Able Auctions has helped thousands of BC-based business owners sell their business assets, equipment, and inventories for over 30 years. Recent sales include metal shops, wood shops, construction equipment, vehicle and truck fleets, and a whole lot more. If it's a business with assets, Able Auctions can get it sold. To get your business assets sold, email sales at ableauctions.ca. That's sales at ableauctions.ca. Moj here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ams. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus, live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com 
This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Presented in part by the Ladner Landing Pub and Grill, OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, the West Coast Auto Group, and Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. Now again, here from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58. Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, our 23rd appearance at this event. Looking forward to this one on Sunday. And, of course, we continue with our coverage. Our next guest made a name for himself in the National Football League. He's an outstanding impact edge rusher. And now, of course, he is involved in MMA. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit with Sean Lightsout Merriman. Sean, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. You enjoying uh, Radio Row and... Having a little fun, chatting with people, reminiscing about the old days, talking about a little M- little MMA. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny. Um, yeah, I get a chance to talk to a lot of people during the year, right, o- over the phone, and, and we jump on. But this is probably the only time you get a chance to see everybody, right, in person. And you can kind of put a face to to the voices you hear on the phone. So uh, it's, it's always a very cool week for me. I always talk about this week being like a convention right yeah like i mean you just have people that you've talked it's like you say you talk to people on the phone all year long and then this year you just get to see them face to face and you know have a little hand you can hug handshake you name it and uh, it's a really cool time of year for a lot of people here now tell us about the transition from football into mma because most people know you from your days with the chargers yeah i mean i could go back and talk about the maryland terrapins and g roy simon but we'll save that for another time but anyway um just the transition, how you got from playing football into MMA. Yeah, I actually started training during a 2005-2006 offseason. Uh, Jay Glazer over there at Fox Sports, a good friend of mine, said, um, hey, I think you should pick up some MMA, and I think it'll help you with football and your hand-eye coordination and being more active with your hands. So anyway, I said, yeah, if it's going to help me in football, I'll, whatever, I'll do it. And turns out I started training with Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, all these guys in the offseason, and kind of fell in love with the sport. In 2019, I launched Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Uh, we're now at Football Sports, Football TV. Uh, we got a big fight coming up uh, Friday, uh, next Friday, February 16th in Long Beach, California. LightsOutExcept.com. And we'll be on Football, so you can watch us live. So the transition then from kind of being involved in MMA as an athlete to now being an entrepreneur, how did that occur? You, you know what? It was, I had this nickname, Lights Out, since I was 16 years old. Yeah. And I always knew what I wanted to do with it. Um, and I ended up buying the name and rights when I was 21, right? So I knew what I wanted to do, but... Obviously, football was always at the forefront because I knew that without me, you know, doing what I need to do on the football field and being, you know having success there, then none of this other stuff matters. So I, you know, took care of business and played football. But I always had that that branding, that that marketing, that thing behind me. And lights out, extreme fighting just so happened to be it. Is it easier being your own boss? No, it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's no guaranteed paychecks for me. Everybody else paychecks guaranteed, mine not. So. <laughs> So, uh, so as we say in football, you're the guy that wears the hat now, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that difficult sometimes? Because, you know, you always talk about leadership and trying to establish a culture, trying to establish um, an organization where everybody has a buy-in, right? I mean, you know, it's not just about the fighters. It's probably about the people behind the scenes and making sure that they're valued and that they're buying in and trying to do the best of the, their job to the best of their abilities. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's no different than me leading a team on the football field, right? It's the same, the same type of thing, but the leadership comes from up top. So, you know, everything depends on my moves and what I do, but without them, we can't execute, right? My from our, uh, you know, Bonnie Jill, our, our ring and our post-fight ring announcers, uh, uh, troop, and and our uh, 
Pablo Asina. Our, we, we also broadcast in Spanish and then the people behind the cameras. And it, it's a lot, man. We got, we got a lot going on and produce a four-hour live TV show. People don't know how hectic that is behind closed doors, you know, with TV trucks and satellite trucks and just a lot. So uh, it's been fun, man, because I, I get a chance to have the creativity and my own ideas and I can execute on them, right, as opposed to going somewhere else. Well, Sean Merriman is our guest. What's the biggest challenge in doing all this, Sean? Um, keeping up, right, because we're having an unprecedented amount of growth, right? And uh, when that happens, you know, people want more, right? Football wants more fights. Um, you know, people want more money, you know, unfortunately, when you're growing that way and then you, your, your team grows, your you know, distribution team, your, your uh, streaming team, your technology team. And so it's just constantly growing. So you're always playing a, a game of catch-up in a way. So tell us about what you guys are doing to revolutionize the sport in terms of some of the technology that you Yeah, using. yeah. We're going to introduce this uh, Lights Out Tech uh, glove um, that we have a chip in the gloves that can measure speed, power punch, G-force. Um, really cool partnership coming up with Shot Tracker, who has the, the tech in the NBA and stuff like that. And we're going to be able to use it uh, this upcoming fight and see how much data can we pull, right, from guys getting hit, where are they getting hit out on the map. And it's about providing more information to the fans. Like, fan engagement has always been number one for me. So to give the fans more of what these gloves are going to be able to do, it's going to be cool. You know, it's crazy because I'm just thinking about this right now. I don't know why it popped into my head. I mean, anytime you have all this data available, you're going to have people to break it down. You're going to start having advanced analytics in fighting for crying out Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the truth, right? I mean, if Well, you... I mean, think about it. I mean, it's information, right? Yeah. You're going to want to use the information. Yeah. You're going to want to use the data. Right. Yeah, if you know a guy gets tired and his punches get weaker in the middle of the second round, I mean, that's some good information to know, yeah. right? Um, and, so, and so for us, we're going to see how accurate we can get this data. And we got some betting companies and healthcare companies interested in seeing this data once we, you know, get it dialed in. But this is, this is a major, this is a big deal for us. Tell us about Lights Out 14, Friday, February the 16th in – Long Beach, California, being yep. held at Thunder Studios. Tell us about that card yep. and why people should be excited about it. We got a huge car for this one. Um, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 410, as you said, next uh, Friday in Long Beach, California. LightsOutXF.com. You can get tickets there. But we have uh, Alba Morales on this card. He fought in the UFC before. He's trying to actually get back to the UFC. Tommy Aaron's on this card as well. A.J. Hodgkins is, is another one. Um, he played linebacker at Oregon. And uh, he's making his way there. So we got a couple former football players now that's coming to fight and trying to make their way to the next level. So uh, this this is in a very explosive car for us. We're, we're 60% sold out, and the fighters haven't even sold any tickets yet. Wow. And so this has been pretty cool for us. Sean, um, before we get to the Super Bowl, and obviously we want to get your take on that, but you played for the Chargers from, what, 05 to 2010. And I always have this conversation with a buddy of mine who is a huge Charger fan in Vancouver. Like, for him, it's it's painful watching the Chargers in L.A. Right? And, you know, you have these some fans, oh, the people from San Diego are going to drive up to L.A. No, they're not. I mean, how painful is it from the next play? Well, I shouldn't say how painful it is. Yeah. How do you feel watching the Chargers in L.A., knowing the history and the, the passion that the fans had in San Diego? It, it was something to get used to early on. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, when I went to go uh, announce the draft in, in Tennessee, um, I was like, I, two things I don't want. I don't want a, a hard name to announce, right, to pick the draft, and I don't want to mess up and say San Diego Chargers when it's the L.A. Chargers. Mm -hmm. I think it took me about a, a good two years to get used to it. Um, you know, I obviously still connected, very connected with the team, and, and I was with them when they were in that soccer stadium there in, um, you know, Costa Mesa or whatever it was, and I saw which 
fan base, right? You have 40,000 people there, and half of them are other people's fans. So to see them migrate up to L.A. now, you know, they're in the 70, 30, you know, 75, 25. Like, it's, it's getting there. But it's never going to be 100, man, because L.A. is a melting pot for so many people all, all over the country. We talked to Lorenzo Neal earlier. Yeah. And I want to get your take on Lowe not being in the Hall of Fame. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Um, it's unfortunate because they don't – obviously value the fullback position as much as they did. But if you look and see who he blocked for and his body of work and how long he played and how yeah. well he was was respected by every – if Lowe Neal got into the Hall of Fame, if which he should, you're right, if he got in the Hall of Fame, not one defensive player would ever complain and say, oh, how, how did he get – everybody say, yep, that's Lowe Neal, right? And being able to be around him every single day and seeing him, him work – I mean, I remember him working 11, 12 years in when I got in. Yeah. And, and seeing him go – Full on in, man. He's just a different breed. One of the best people I've been around. He was a mentor of mine. But also, too, player-wise, if he got in, not one not one person will go against him saying, oh, I, I don't know if he should be in it. Every defensive player that played against Lonell would say the same thing. Hey, by the way, former state wrestling champ. I heard a story once. Ray Lewis was a state wrestling champ, and Ray didn't want to wrestle him when they're on the Ravens together. So may, there's a guy maybe. I mean, Lowe still looks like he got a little game. He could maybe step into the ring. Oh, he, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. You know what? Sometimes sometime he used to grab me and kind of wrestle me. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm a striker, man. I like to stand up. Uh-huh. I'm a stand-up guy. You, you start grabbing me, especially early, early on when I didn't have any experience. He would do that all the time in the locker room. I said, Lowe, not today, and maybe not ever, because Lowe Neal, he's, he's a different breed, man. Yeah, he's he, a different guy. He's a good dude. Yeah. All right, the game itself, um, who do you like and why? I mean, look, my, my heart is saying I want the 49ers to win, right? But they're the better team. They got more talent. But the truth of the matter is that Casey's been here so many times, I don't see them losing. I just don't. Um, they're, they're not even the most talented team. In fact, the Ravens were a much better team than they were. And they found a way to capitalize off every single mistake and win that game. And, and long, as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey is together, they got a chance. All right, before we let you go, Lights Out 14. People want more info on it. How do they go about it? Yep, you can go to lightsoutxf.com. Also, um, uh, February 16th, we'll be live on Football TV, Football Sports. If you don't have football, make sure you get it. But we got some big announcements, some former guys that's kind of transitioning to making their way over to Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Sean, great stuff. Thank you for stopping by, and good luck with Lights Out 14. You got it. Thanks for having me. Sean Lights Out Merriman, former San Diego Charger, paying us a visit here at Radio Row. All right, speaking of NFLers, Alex Singleton. He's still in the league, former Calgary Stampeder, now with the Denver Broncos. He is promoting Special Olympics, and look forward to talking to him and a Special Olympian coming up here in a matter of minutes. But before we get to Alex Singleton, got to tell you about well, Scott Jones, and there's a tie-in, see, because Alex used to play for the Eagles. Scotty Jones' favorite team is the Eagles. See, Scotty, how that works? West Coast Mazda, West Coast Nissan, West Coast Toyota, West Coast Kia, West Coast Ford Lincoln. Hey, different vehicles, but one thing is constant all the way through. That's the service that you're going to get from any of the dealerships with the West Coast Auto Group. Check them out online at westcoastautogroup.com or just over the bridge in Maple Ridge. You can pay them a visit. All right, coming up next, former Stampeder, current. Denver Bronco. Alex Singleton stops by to talk Special Olympics and the Super Bowl right here on the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. 
A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Moj here for my friends at the brand new Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey. In fact, it's Surrey's only craft brewery. Five incredible beers and more to come curated by infamous brewmaster Kevin Ams. Plus, boutique pizza coming soon by Graham Marceau. Seven TVs and surround sound to watch the game on Sunday or any big game. Plus, live music and they are dog friendly. And maybe the best of all, Resurrection Spirit cocktails on tap. Check them out. Located south of Highway 10, just off 152nd Street or online at waybackbruco.com Hey, it's the Moj. It's just not in the world of sports where having a great roster is important. That's why the West Coast Auto Group has built an all-star roster around their stars. West Coast Toyota, Mazda, Nissan, Kia, and Ford Lincoln get all the headlines, but great defense and role players are just as important. And that's where their famous service comes in. Great service, great selection, great squad. The West Coast Auto Group, just over the bridge in Maple Ridge and at westcoastautogroup.com. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show, presented in part by Speeds Pub in Ladner, Delaney's OK Tire Langley, Able Auctions, Wayback Brew Co. in Surrey, and the West Coast Auto Group. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl Show coming to you from Radio Row, Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. Super Bowl 58, Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers. It's the Moj, our 23rd appearance at Radio Row, and we're thrilled to have a former CFL star and a current star in the National Football League. Denver Broncos linebacker Alex Singleton join us and his special guest, his guest I should say, Vince Egan from Special Olympics. Guys, welcome. Thanks for having us. Hey, Thank we you. had you on last year promoting Special Olympics. Alex, this is something close to your heart, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, this, you know, to me, this is, you know, my stage is to be able to, you know, give back and, you know, Special Olympics with my sister and everything. It's, you know, the most important thing to me. So to be able to give back is everything. Talk about the family connection with your sister. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's been a Special Olympics athlete for, you know, 25 years now. And so, you know, it, it's been my entire life. So to be around it, you know, I've been a, you know, a fan, a volunteer an ambassador, a coach, you know, kind of everything you can be. And so, yeah, it, it's, you know, been part of my entire life. So, you know, there's nothing I love more than be able to give back to it. Hey, Vince, what's it like having a guy like Alex Singleton in your corner, NFL linebacker, huh? Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, it, it's an honor to be with him and be around this awesome uh, media row here. It's pretty cool yeah it's a pretty cool experience and you know the the crazy thing is uh, i'm sure alex will tell you this you probably get just as much satisfaction doing what you're doing and competing like alex does at the nfl level oh yes alex um i'll throw this one to you tell us about the initiative that you have going on right now with special olympics yeah so we uh we just finished a you know nutrition campaign and it just launched today um 
Uh, it's called Snack Zone. It's a school of strength snack zone, and it uh, it it's for you know Special Olympics athletes and and everybody to you know learn the nutrition facts that you need to kind of you know just be the best athlete you can. And uh, yeah. Hey, Vince, I'm going to throw this. You've got, uh, what, four sports that you compete in. Uh, I was just founded here was golf, flag football, among others. What's your favorite? Golf is my favorite of all time. It, playing on the links, it, it gives me the surroundings of I don't have to worry about missing up because the golf course will already teach you how to do that. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I got to take your mindset on the golf course because when I go out there, it's not pretty sometimes. This the, the between the ears, it gets all sloppy, and the next thing you know, I'm losing my temper now. But it is a very challenging game, though. I mean, of all the sports that you play, I imagine that's the one that you're probably challenged the most mentally, right? Yes, um, physically, I, when I'm playing out there, I I enjoy being on the course, but also on like. The difficulty of playing it, the sport, is the challenge because it motivates me to get going each stroke that I play. And, and you know the other thing, too, Alex, you probably know this because I think we come from similar backgrounds playing mm -hmm. football. Obviously, you're at a very high level. I mean, not so much. Uh, but the thing is, it's like it's totally different from what we've learned. Like when I was playing lacrosse or football growing up, things start going sideways. Hey, you got to pick up the intensity, right? Mm -hmm. In golf, you can't do that. You pick up the intensity, <laughs> you're losing it. Then you're you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I it's suck the opposite every time of we're, we're wired, right? Oh yeah, it's the complete opposite. I you know I started playing three or four years ago, and every time I'm like, you know what? I stand there. They're like, go slow in the back swing, slow in the back swing. Hit it as hard as you can. And every time, <laughs> it doesn't go very well. Hey, talk about your season this year with Denver, kind of some ups and downs. I mean, when you look back and assess it, what do you see? Yeah, uh, a team that learned how to win. I wouldn't say we, we won every game we should have. We uh, lost games that we shouldn't have, especially at the end and especially early. But I think as an organization for a long time, ever since they won the Super Bowl, it, it, it's kind of been a battle backwards. You know, they – and so I think this year was the first time we took a step in the right direction, and we know, you know, we know where to be. I think, you know, obviously, you know, one of the the two big defining wins kind of in a row were when we beat Buffalo in Buffalo, and then we beat the Chiefs at home before our bye week, and we kind of played them back to back. And, you know, if you you know you just watch this playoffs and you see who's in the Super Bowl, we know what we were able to do to those teams and the teams that you know played late into the playoffs. And so we know the team we have. We know we know we can win. We know we can be a good team in this league. And so to take that momentum, take that mindset into this offseason and, you know, be ready to win games when we need to this season. Alex Singleton, linebacker for the Denver Broncos, former Calgary Stampeder, is our guest along with Vince Egan from the U.S. Special Olympics squad. Hey, um, you were part of a Grey Cup championship team in Calgary, right? I mean, you know what it's about to transform the culture and, you know, get into that championship mode are you starting to see those seeds in denver yeah 100 percent. i think sean payton brought them in and it, it it's just continuing to grow like i said you know there were there were spots of it this year and i think you know it is a long season and to be able to carry that you know from week one and build on that through you know week 18 now in the nfl uh we're gonna have to be able to do and you know it's exciting uh i'm excited for where we're going when you look at that afc west though man uh, it's you talk about a murderer's row of teams, right? I mean, you know the Raiders are always going to somehow, some way find a be competitive. You got to go up against Patrick Mahomes, and 
Man, it's it's it. Now the Chargers got Harbaugh, and Herbert is a great quarterback himself. It's a tough division. Yeah, you gotta you know you gotta beat the best to be the best. So uh, you might as well have that. Yeah, you come out of that division, you're gonna have a good chance of uh, making it pretty far. Hey, before we get to Vince's thoughts on the Super Bowl and your thoughts as well, how closely do you keep tabs on the CFL? Oh, very closely. Uh, I've been watching for agency. It's exciting. I'm excited for this season. Uh, I'm going to the home opener this year in Calgary, so oh, nice. you know, I'm excited. So you're going to race the mad cow? The, the world's fastest yeah, cow? No. I know I would lose that. <laughs> <laughs> he actually lost a couple times when we've been there. Oh, yeah. sad. Biz Nasty beat him. Paul Bissonette. He raced Paul Bissonette one year. Oh, if Paul beat him, I could beat him. Yeah, if Biz can beat him, you can beat yeah, him. Yeah, so there you him. go. All right, let's get to the big game. Vince. I know you're an Eagles fan, right, according to the bio here, but I don't know if you've got any skin in this game or, or you're rooting for a team, but who's going to win the Super Bowl and why? It's going to be close. I feel like um, a lot of people are saying it's going to be, like, by seven. I don't think it's going to be by seven. I think it's going to be by one or two point. Like, um, it's be a lower uh, – Lower scoring game? Lower score game. Okay. I feel like it's going to be 23-21 Kansas City. All right, so you like Patrick Mahomes. Now, Alex, you face Patrick Mahomes, man. It's funny. Everyone we've talked to this week has said the same thing. Yeah, San Francisco on paper, great great team, probably the better team. But Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm not taking the Chiefs, so I'll go with Okay, there you go. you got the <laughs> Niners. Hey, guys, great stuff. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, continued success in the National Football League and with Special Olympics, Vince. And uh, – Alex, we'll keep in touch. Awesome, yeah, thank you. All right, that is a wrap from Radio Row. Hope you enjoyed the program, and what a program it was. JT the Brick, Chris Sims, Matt Collar, Lorenzo Neal, Thomas Dimitrov, Sean Merriman, Alex Singleton. And in case you missed any of it, check it all out online, mojonsports.com. You can see some of the interviews on YouTube, the videos, Mojon Sports. And, of course, on all social media platforms, TikTok, X, and Instagram, at The Real Modes for extra bonus content, including... A little interview with WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins. Hey, it's been a lot of fun, and it's going to continue to be fun as we continue with our coverage here from Radio Row at the Mandalay Bay Hotel for the rest of the week. Uh, big thank you, of course, to the guys we working behind the scenes. Our producer, Mike Winningham, doing an outstanding job, best in the business. And Nick Kowalski. Yeah, folks, he was hurting today. He was running on fumes after kicking Vegas' butt last night at the casinos. But he's back, and he's ready to rock and roll. We'll do it all over again tomorrow right here. You know what I'm going to tell you before we get out of here? Do we got to do, folks? Just do us a favor. Be safe. Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device, so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know.